The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Welcome to the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, where we explore nighttime dreams, daytime desires, and the best ways to transform the tragic into magic. Because let's face it, we all dream, we all have our blessings, and we all have our challenges, myself included. And I don't want any of us to take any of those things lying down, if you know what I mean. I just wrote a book entitled, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste. I'm excited to explore the topic with you, whether it relates to your waking or sleeping dreams, because we're dreaming all the time, people. So let's make it the best dream possible. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hey, dreamers. Just a little FYI before this episode takes off. So this is a conversation between myself and Nancy T. It didn't start off to be a show. We just were having a conversation among friends and I pulled a couple of Dia de los Muertos oracle cards for Nancy based on a couple of her departed loved ones on the other side. And what ensued was quite a juicy and what I would say a deep and lovely conversation. I thought, oh my God, this is my Dia de los Muertos show. So I hope you enjoy it and excuse the audio because we weren't recording it as if it was going to be for broadcast and the video isn't for broadcast. So forgive those things while you get hopefully lost in our conversation and you feel like you're right there with us. So sweet dreams and enjoy your Dia de los Muertos whatever day or time of year you happen to be listening to this. Sweet dreams. So Nancy T and I are going to pick a card from the Dia de los Muertos. I asked her to light a candle, which she did, and I've lit one myself. And um, Nancy, who would you like to communicate with through this, the Dia de los Muertos Oracle deck? I think my mom. Okay, okay. So, as I'm shuffling the cards, this is the back of them, this is the front, um, I want you to just kind of call on her, whatever stands out to you, whether it be like a, a visual memory, an auditory one, a sense of smell, a sense of taste, a sense of words, or all of the above, just kind of call on her and think of kind of a, a general question that you would like her to answer for you what would that be i i think i just want to know what she'd like to share with me since she's been over there on the other side what's you know maybe she sees things differently and i'd just like to hear what she thinks okay doke all right so i am 
I'm just going to do like a sloppy shuffle. So I see which card falls out of the deck and we'll yeah. see. Oh, okay. Oh, there we there go. you go. There's one that hit the ground and one that hit my lap. Which one would you rather have? The one on the, the, ground, one on the or ground the one on the ground? Yeah. Okay. If I can lift it up. Woo. Oh, okay. La Llorona. Oh, this is the weeping woman. Yeah. Okay. So I am going to read this, read it, what it says. So in the Oracle, I mean, in the guidebook, each card has its own messages. This is card 23. So let me see what it says for you. Here it is. Okay. La Llorona. So it says, Embrace all of you. Llorona, this is like the little quote, says, Llorona dressed in light blue. And even if it costs my life, Llorona, I won't stop loving you. And even if it costs my life, Llorona, I won't stop loving you. So this is from the Mexican folk song translated by Musene. So the message says, in choosing this card, you are being guided to experience all your feelings. It may be challenging to access your deep grief, despair, anger, and rage for fear that your sorrow will swallow you whole. But let me assure you, it won't. Alternatively, your feelings might be quivering so close to the surface that they seem to make it difficult to function in the world. As intense as your emotions may feel, they have a beginning, middle, and end if you let them. All your emotions are worthy and they deserve respect, time, and a place to be expressed. Allow yourself to vent and move the energy through as responsibly and thoroughly as possible in a way that doesn't injure you or anyone else. Know that the quickest route from hell to heaven is to swim across the lake of your grief. Drop to your knees as you call on celestial support. Find a safe space to let loose, turn up the music, beat on the drum or pillows, break something that won't hurt anybody. Howl the fullness and allness of your heartbreak to the moon. You will soon find yourself on the shores of your grief. And with a gust of wind, see the world and yourself from a higher perspective. When you peel yourself away from the tininess of your earthbound heartache and hoist your perspective to the heavens, you'll understand that you can forgive the unforgivable, heal the unhealable, and repair the irreparable. And then it goes into the meaning, which is all about this, this being that was legendary that lost her children and, and apparently in her grief she she drowned them and it's awful it's like like they drowned in her sorrows they went down with her emotions and she supposedly lives in this lake and and parents in the mexican culture will say to their kids if you don't do good instead of the boogeyman will get you la llorona will get you but she's known as the weeping woman who is so like oh my god what have i done 
like she let her grief take her too far, but her positive messages don't get swallowed up in it. Find a safe place to, a safe place to let it rip and then know that your emotions are sacred and they will carry you to the other side. So, okay. How's that? How are you doing with all that? All oh, that? Gosh, it's so crazy because it, it touches on that. I've been sharing with you lately that I don't, I don't fully express all my emotions. Like if it's my joy or my love, I pour that all out. But if it's my anger, if it's my, you know, any kind of bitterness or unhappiness, any sadness, I temper that. And I do, if I'm crying, I'm crying alone. And, it, you know, and no one sees that. It's very interesting that this card would come up for me uh, because I, you know, I might be related to La Llorona. Ah, oh, La Llorona. <laughs> I might have that in my, my uh, lineage, but she's not me, and I could use some of her probably in me. Um, I keep Ooh. thinking of that song from Coco, which I can't, I don't know all the words. It's something like, Cuesta Llorona. Oh, yeah. That's, it's uh, not from Coco. I mean, Coco sang it, but that it yeah. comes from long yeah. way 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 back yeah celeste what's that azul celeste that's blue heaven is that what that means yeah yeah oh no mm -hmm. yeah blue well like. celestial celeste would be celestial Ooh, ooh, yeah and this is part of the song it's yorona in light blue is celeste and mm -hmm. even if it costs my life yorona i won't stop loving you i don't know how to sing it in spanish mm -hmm. i should learn that but is that the song from, is that the actual song from Coco? If those or are, do you know if it's the same song? It's the same song. Oh, it is the same song. It's the, yeah. Oh, it's song. powerful. And it's, it's so it's powerful. One of my favorite songs from that movie. I, it, because it's, it's such, it's like from her, the, her guts, from her soul, it comes up. It's Yeah. And, yeah. I think when I first went to a D, my very first Dia de los Muertos ceremony, there was a they there was like a play of la llorona coming across the stage kind of like from the lake and she starts to howl and scream and cry and the whole audience there were thousands of people that joined her howling and screaming i don't think i've ever been around so many people like just like letting it rip and it was so good to have like a place for it because normally it's like oh tear tear sniff sniff i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine but and then what do we do with all that that pent-up rage and sorrow we just it kind of becomes sort of poison in our bodies and then it comes out in inappropriate moments and times and like poor un unsuspecting people like cutting us off in traffic we're like i'm gonna kill you <laughs> like they don't deserve that <laughs> usually Usually, not usually they don't. It's like the place of the women when we express our, you know, we're exactly and give it, you know, and yeah, and that's hard. It's hard. I mean, for me, that's hard to dredge it up, to dredge it up, and right. But how do you feel once you do? alchemy you know of everything and then be there because i don't want to live in that and i think i've witnessed too many people that i would visualize as they're living in that they're living in the Ugh. and i don't want to be that so i don't 
look at it all. That's not good. I mean, that's not right. Because I think this, this brings up like the point, like the, the whole enchilada is within what you just shared. Cause I think we tend to fall on one side or the other. We're either the ones that indulge and keep recycling. And that becomes kind of our brand. It's like, oh, she's the one who is always in that. Or we become the, I'm fine, pull myself up by my bootstraps, sunny side of the street, la da 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 But I think we have to find our place in the middle. And I think mostly we don't realize that there is, there can be a beginning, middle and end to the deep, deep, deep grief. Or even just in the, in the moments of like, oh, here comes a wave. We talk about Christy Whitman. You and I have talked about that, that like how Christy Whitman was like the poster child of, okay, clock it on, like on the watch, just notice how long it takes if your intent is to go through it and come back to the shore. Like it really only takes about 90 seconds to just ah, get it all out. And then less than two minutes later, we're like, okay, now what can I do with this? Now what can I do? I mean, if we want to keep picking the scab, we can. And if we want to suppress it, we can. But there's that middle place that I think is really the, this is what I think Yorona a la Yorona would say to us is like, find that yeah. middle place. Don't do yeah. what I did. Like get your grief out, but don't, don't drown in it. And don't right. pretend it's not there either. Yeah. And I, and I think I know for the longest time I felt like if I can cope, then I'm strong. And so yeah. then there's this little part of judgment. Of if you, if you're always indulgent in that, then and that makes you weak. And I have to get to where I see that there's strength in that vulnerability. And I mean, it is, it takes the most strength. I was telling this to the boys the other day, they both were telling me something and they were contradictory. And I said, someone is lying to me. Who's lying to me? And I said, you know, it's very, if you lie to me, that breaks my heart. But I said, you, it's a lot more brave to be truthful and tell me the truth. And Cooper told the truth. And I said, I am so proud of you. It takes oh, a lot that's more so strength, good. Yes. So much more strength to be truthful, especially when you think you might get in trouble. And I said, and I'm just going to honor you for being honest. And so... There was strength in that vulnerability and I, I could learn my own lesson is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, honey, this is so, this is so good. One of the things that is on my brain. Um, so I think I've been talking about this lately, but I feel like I, I need to say it just because it feels so important to me. Um, George Kappas from HMI, Hypnosis Motivation Institute, one of my teachers, mentors, he was talking recently about this anxiety that we have about being found out is not good enough. Or, um, and, and how does this relate exactly to what you were saying? Okay, I'll tie it into the telling, like being honest is about a shortcoming about the fact that we did something wrong it's like there's this impulse to lie an impulse to cover up an impulse to look good and he was saying that if we were back in caveman days and we were exposed for being not good enough for having done something wrong done something bad 
it is very likely that we might get ousted from the clan, from the tribe. And we might not even just get ousted. We might just get killed. We might get burned. We might, because we would be seen as a weak link in the tribe. And there's some fundamental part of us that thinks that like the caveman part of us is like, well, then kill off the weak link and get rid of them. And maybe back then they would get rid of us and not in a lovely way, not in a way that says, we love you so much, you know, sorry, we have to do this, <laughs> but it would be like beat them with a stick or put them in a fire. Like, or where's be... the nearest tiger? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. It would be. So that wasn't that long ago that that was real. And that still lives, it's still encoded in our limbic brain, which we still have. The so amygdala. No, the amygdala. It's so, it's like no wonder there's this impulse. No, I didn't. I didn't do it. He did it. I'm fine. It's a, It's like there's survival. something. It's survival. And that's a good thing. So it's not like it's good to lie. It's good to cheat. It's good to steal. But it makes sense that we would have this this protective mechanism that would just leap right out out of our mouths before we even have a chance to think about it but it's like this 2.0 this thriving version instead of just surviving is is new it's new for our species that we actually get extra bonus points when we tell the hard truth about something difficult when oh, we're yeah. vulnerable like this is new so no wonder <laughs> it's hard no wonder we suck at it. <laughs> or I suck. No wonder we don't know how to cry and just like get our way through it. We either like overindulge because we we totally give in or we just like suck it up. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. But like we don't. It's so this is all new. We're babies at this. We're babies. We're yeah. babies, I say. We. <laughs> and horses. And horses. <laughs> I was rocking a baby, but it was a baby horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Of course it was a horse. Oh my goodness. So what do you think your mama, what do you, why do you think your mama brought that to you? Why, why your mom, why that card? You know, it's interesting because my mom, I never saw her cry all my life Whoa! at my wedding. And then maybe once or twice, um, when my dad died and then when she had dementia she cried more often because that was part of the disease but i mean there were i mean decades you know at least two decades before i saw my mom ever shed one single tear if she had any tears i didn't know about them and in my family i don't recall any of us outwardly crying i think we all went to our own corners and did that Ooh. so i i because i can't recall I can't recall anything unless somebody hit me hard, then I cry on a spot, but there wasn't wow. a lot of house. So it's very, it's interesting because she sort of set the tone for that in a way that I've actually been grateful for because, you know, sometimes it's seen as, you know, women, they're so histrionic, they're so emotional. La, 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 la. Right. And I've, I've liked being against that grain and being like, you know, you can count on me not to bring you that. Um, energy Ooh. but uh, I think that you know 
crying in front of your kids, I get that it's, it, it places a lot of pressure on them. And maybe you don't want to be that person every single day. But if she ever did every now and then, I might've thought she was human sooner because <laughs> you know, it's like you don't, you have a disconnect. There doesn't seem to be humanity where there's no emotion. I don't know. I just feel like she's trying to tell me that I don't have to be as strong as I always am. And maybe I don't have to cry alone. I'm like, wow. you know, I don't have to do that all the time. I've oh. cried too, probably more than anybody I know. And it's usually in a download. <laughs> but, I appreciate that. I love, I I love I you and your tears are sacred. They're so oh, beautiful. It's very sweet. I'm, it's not my comfort zone. And No, mine either. No. Oh, gosh. It's I know. I know. But isn't it's all it generational. You know, Generation X, it's like there's a big joke about it out there yeah. in the end about how we're so tough and we drank water out of the hose and we weren't allowed to come inside until it was completely dark. And, you know, no seat belts. <laughs> and so we were, you better figure it out. Amygdala, let's just get You know, yeah. and we come from that. So I think, you know, and some of that, I, I love that. I love that we can figure it out. We're resourceful as a generation. But I also want to have those moments. I want to have them because I think it, it comes up eventually. And then certain things will happen physically. I believe if you hold it in too long, eventually it comes out in other ways, bad mm. ways. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Right, right. So even from the that you and I were talking earlier, um, I was saying something about how if it's true that every generation becomes a little bit better than the ones before, we're all standing on the shoulders of, of our ancestors, then each generation is a little bit more evolved, more like just a little bit better. And so our, our strappiness, scrappiness, pull ourselves up by our bootstrapness and and look on the bright sideness. That's all very evolutionary, but but it may not be the top of the mountain. Maybe the top, the next step up is that we that we that we're a little bit. We have more space. Even maybe not. Maybe we're not going to get all the way there. Where we're so easy and fluid with it. But maybe that's the point because whatever gets suppressed. Like if we're being Mary Sunshine all the time, that might mean that someone else within our world, and you and I both have that, that somebody else kind of plays the opposite role of, um, of like, wah, 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 wah. And maybe if we want that to change over there, then we have to say, well, let me incorporate a little bit of wah, 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 wah <laughs> in me in ways that don't completely undermine everybody. And it doesn't mean we have to lose anything. I mean, I think in some way, we're changing the stigma. Like we get street cred, we get extra bonus French points when we do reveal our pain. 
with each other. Like it's the opposite. And yet we have to know that there's still going to be resist. There's probably going to be resistance to it for the rest of our days because those old caveman days are not that far away. And it wasn't like even the generation before they didn't have like my grandma, my grandmothers lived through the depression. They had no time to say, how am I feeling? I'm sad today. I'm not going to do the laundry. I'm not going to get food. No, they had none of that. So we get to have a little bit of it and then we get to, you know, what's next. So that's, yeah, I think that they, um, it's almost our job to not like the next generation because for the longest time I felt like boomers. Isn't that true? And Xers did not like millennials and the millennials come to find out they don't like the, the Zers. And it's just, oh. I, oh, it's our job. I told, I told hey. my daughter, I said, it's your job to hate them. It's totally fine. I like them. You could skip a generation and like that younger one, but the one next, you're not going to be digging it. It's even too think too about it. Like even like, as I was coming up, I loved Elvis. And I remember my dad and like, like the, he would, they were, what was that show that had the tiny bubbles, Lawrence, whatever. They were like, oh, Elvis <laughs> Presley shaking his hips like that. That's an abomination. And it was like, all oh, the cool kids are rocking out with Elvis. And then the Beatles, long hair on men. What's that? They look like a bunch of girls. And that's like the coolest thing. And then, you know, and then the eighties is all preppy Michael J. Keaton, like, you know, the, like there's every, we just, it, it looks so bad. You're so right. We it, shake it up. The next generation shakes it up and makes whatever you thought was really cool. Be totally not like all the hippies. Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. so we yeah. complain about the ones who are coming up and we're like, if they were more like us, they'd be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's so true. Okay. Let's maybe let's do one more card. Do you want to pull one more for somebody else? Sure. And, sure. And maybe I want to invite viewers and or listeners to while Nancy T and I pull this card, think of somebody that you want this card to be for in your life. So I'm going to pick up this card from the floor oopsie that's not the one that we'll pick but so let's just take a moment if you want to pick somebody else and you don't have to say their name although you okay. can if you okay want to i'm gonna this secret. one this was secret okay. okay so i want you to think about this person as i'm shuffling and shuffling so this is this is for you too my dreamy viewers and or listeners think about somebody you love that you miss that's on the other side can be male female it could be a pet and okay here's the card that just popped out and here's the message from them this is dulces so this is these are sweet things please sweet so this is the card okay i have glasses somewhere somewhere <laughs> okay so this is like um the the Pan de muerta. There's the um. This is the sweets gonna, they put out on the ofrenda. On the ofrenda, exactly. Yeah, and it's got to so be the like, good stuff. It can't like be the the crappy sweets. It's got to be the best of the best that they the like. The best of the best, and they're all. And so it's so they have these like sugar skulls and pan de muerto that that are in the shape of bones and and dulces and like. Okay, so here's what the mm -hmm. message says is this it here it is okay 
Um, all right. Message, my beloved. Imagine you're in the kitchen with me as I bake your favorite delicacies for you. Feel the all-embracing warmth of the oven, the aroma of the sugar and cinnamon as it swirls together on the rising dough. You may have fallen under the notion that your despair demonstrates your love for me. However, please know that I know how much you love and miss me. You don't have to prolong your mourning one moment longer. You've pulled this card because it's time to stop starving yourself, especially from the love, comfort, and cradling you crave. It's time to get pampered. Gobble up the honey of life. Lick your gooey fingers as you remember our sweetest times together. Honor me by slathering on extra icing, luxuriating a little longer in each delightful encounter you find yourself in. And savoring the flavor of nurturing food and fortifying moments with loved ones. When you reveal, when you revel in your sweetest thoughts, especially those involving me, you tantalize my non-physical palate and strengthen the feedback loop of the deliciousness of our love. And then the meaning is all about this, all the way, the reason that they create this food and this, this sweets is to physicalize love. And it's said that the elders and ancestors love all of this because it also gives them energy for their long journey back and forth. And there's a quote here from Francisco Petraca, Petraza. A little bit of sweetness can drown out a whole lot of bitterness. And the mantra is, melted by love, I live la dulce vida, the sweet life. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's pretty perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I had a dream about this person that I was thinking of. And in the dream, they were in the kitchen. What? Yeah. So no. it was the dream that I had. They were in the kitchen dancing and oh eating my. and smiling and living the dolce vita. You know, just really. Yeah. Wow. And we did share sweets. You cannoli. did? Yeah. Cannoli. <laughs> yeah. Holy cannoli. I think I'm going to have to get some tomorrow. Just as a there little. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Holy cannoli. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it, does, it, does it feel like, like in some way, the ache of missing these people or this person it's like an invitation to it's not an invitation to just get used to living with the ache i think it's about following where the ache takes us so that we find a more like we find a way to fill that that chasm that is maybe on the non-physical level like 
sometimes this missing can propel us to become more attuned spiritually. I mean, you really started your journey into becoming a healer. I mean, in many ways, I could say, I, from my perspective, as a result of having lost some significant people, instead of becoming bitter, you've become better spiritually, more like, okay, I've, I, I have to find a way to attune to their love so that I'm not left bereft, so to speak. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. It does. And I, you know, I always, I always think of, you know, when, when we die or when we're on our deathbed, we could be 195.8 ounces. And after you oh. have 100 and you know, 0.2 ounces and that little bit, that's the part that never dies. And so that's just what I choose to connect with because I know that there's a part that is right here right next to me all my loved ones right here as much as I imagine them they're right there and I I've been trying to do that just connect with them in that way so that I never have to say goodbye you know I don't have right. to say done. we're done here I don't think that but right. this part started up with my beloved and that is a term that you know was used so <laughs> it was it felt like it was written for me I am so glad. I am so glad. Well, as we wrap up this, I, I didn't necessarily start this because I really didn't even know this was going to become my show for this week, but it just was starting <laughs> to feel like such a juicy conversation. Literally, yeah. it started off as let's just jump on for a minute. And yeah, yeah, right. But I want to just say a little bit about what the de los Muertos is and where it came from in a little bit that I know about it. I'll just say that um, as by contrast, Halloween, Nancy, I'm sure this was true for you. It was, it was only about trick or treat. It was only about dressing yeah. up as a superhero right. or a goblin or a princess and getting all the candy possible. Was there yeah. anything reverent about Halloween for you growing up? <laughs> no, I was charming. <laughs> I was Charo. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that answers. I don't have to say anything else. <laughs> I was Charo. Oh my God. Oh my God. That is hilarious. Okay. One year, my aunt was so excited to dress me up as a geisha girl. And I was so sad because my best friend, Christine, was dressed up like Miss California. She literally wore a, a leotard and had like her hair all boofed up and makeup on. And I was like, what, in fifth grade, so 10. And I had my my aunt painted my face all white with teeny little lips <laughs> and a big old bouffant. Like, I, I felt like, <laughs> and I couldn't even walk like this dress that I had to walk and be. Anyway, that was, I, I love geishas, you know, to all the geishas, I love you. But I, as a little 10 year old girl, I wanted to be Miss California instead or, or superwoman or, or a witch or something. But anyway, huh. so years ago, I was, I had to just get that. Excuse me. Is your, is your aunt still alive? No, my aunt Peggy's on the other side. So I love you, Aunt Peggy. She just came through. She just came through and she was doing it. She was, you know what? I she was saying. That is so funny because she was really into dolls, like, like I'm painting, like she was like a doll maker. So she made yeah. me into a geisha doll. 
That's kind of the deepest, most loving thing she could have done. She made you into a doll. A now living you feel doll. that because, <laughs> because he, it just was like one kabuki. Man. It was like, oh, thank you. That, I'm so glad I said that. It makes me feel like another wave of love. But I want to say, oh, Halloween was always that until my what? sister Amber invited my whole family. She kind of insisted that we all go to a Dia de los Muertos ceremony at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which is where I'm about to go. And when was that? What year was that? How old were you? Oh, that was before, was that before Teotihuacan? That was right around the first time I ever went to, I went to Teo right after that. So wow. that was, oh. 15 years ago oh my gosh yeah i didn't know about it that long i mean i'm i'm fairly new to the concept well you're anciently connected to it but newly (laughs) on this on this wavelength in this lifetime but when i went i spent the whole day just sobbing and laughing and sobbing and laughing and seeing what I, i just have to say it was like a pageantry of opposites sorrow and ridiculousness like singing and dancing and eating and weeping and honoring it was like how are these things all together and like i talked about earlier like the la llorona that was part of that ceremony and i was weeping and it was a ceremony but it was a celebration of the you or your family or were there others Oh no, there were so many, there were thousands of people, thousands of people. And it was somber and festive at the same time. Like my brain couldn't handle it. So my brain had to just explode. And I don't think it- You're going there now. You're going there. I'm going there. Literally, I'll be leaving in about a half an hour. All right. (laughs) From this very moment. I'm taking you with you. Yes. I am taking you with me. And if anybody is listening to this or watching this, outside of real time just know that i always think dia de los muertos is not just just around halloween it's not just november 1st and 2nd it is every day because every day we can be in communion with our beloved so don't feel like oh i missed out on that or oh i have to wait till next year no you don't this portal is always open they it's believed that the veil between worlds is thinnest right now but is that really true? Maybe it's just so because we all believe that it's true, but I think our beloveds can bust into our dreams anytime and we can bust into their dreams anytime. They show up anytime. So Dia de los Muertos, what were you gonna say, Nance? I could see a little twinkling there. Do you, you have, you've had dreams. I have had dreams, I have had dreams. And I've, I've noticed, um, I read somewhere that if you're awake at in the middle of the night that means that you're in someone else's dreams while they're sleeping and oh. so i think it's sweet for you to say we could be part of their dreams and just part of their you know we're in their hearts right on, on the other side yes being there that feels Wouldn't it be so great if we if we all just like believed right now that that uh, there was somebody that I met the other day who wrote a book called The Next Room. And it was after her mother passed away, she started getting messages, messages, messages. And there was a particular psychic that kept getting messages for her about her mom. And she said it was like her mom was just in the next room. And she was having communications with somebody like, hey, mom, what should I make for dinner tonight? Oh, honey, where? like it was 
just thinking of them in the next room. I have chills as I think about this. Like they're our beloveds are just in the next room, not just at this time of year. Although the tradition and the tradition, it's that at this time of year, we place their sacred items that remind us of them or that belong to them or their photographs or their favorite food or drink. And we place them on or around our ofrenda, which is an altar. And in some way in doing that, we help them to maintain their connection with us and we keep that bridge connected. And then we place this trail of marigolds from where we are out into the street so that they can find us and they come to us during these days. So that's the mythology. And as we think about them and and sing their songs and tell their stories, that's we, we create that path. And so as much as I, I honor the mythology and I also wanna go beyond the mythology and say, it's always, but this is these are some of the things I know. All right, so on this note, is there anything else you wanna say about Dia de los Muertos or your connection to it or about these fun people trying to bust through my door? <laughs> Literally. No. no I- my thing is literally about to die, which is funny because oh. de los muertos, there I you go. wrap it up and just, okay. love, I love the cards. I can't wait to get my deck. And how can people get those, Kelly, if they want to get them their own Dia de los Muertos cards by yeah. Kelly Sullivan Walden and Emily. And Emily. Oh my gosh. Listen to this whole name. It's Emily K. Greaves de Reyes con la muchas nombres. Muchos. <laughs> yeah, they can get it anywhere you get. You can, I mean, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, local great. bookshops. Order them from your local bookshops because that's always good too. But, you know, whatever's clever, get, you can order them so that you can play with them whenever you want. And I imagine at some point we will have an app so that you can play it. It'll be on your phone. But until then, just go out and get the Oracle deck. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. Sweet dreams and happy Dia de los Muertos every day. Sweet dreams. Let's blow our candles out. (laughs) So it is. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show. If you enjoyed this episode, take a moment to like, subscribe, comment, and share it with your friends. My show can be found on Apple iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to border my new book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, go to your favorite online or brick-and-mortar retailer, then head on over to kellysullivanwalden.com tragic to magic input your order number and redeem your bonus gifts. I'm also excited to be offering a DreamWork practitioner training. So if that calls to you, go to kellysullivanwalden.com forward slash DreamWork. If you'd like to join me for the live recording of these shows, most Wednesdays at noon Pacific, you can find me on Facebook at Kelly Sullivan Walden Dreams. If you have a question about your dreams or about how to transform your tragic into magic, email me at kelly at kellysullivanwalden.com. Until next time, remember, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. 
And as you awaken to the power of your dreams, you make the world a lighter, brighter, more beautiful place, one dream at a time. Sweet dreams. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify.